if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. I get chills every single time I hear Ronald Reagan, 40th president of the United States, give his inaugural address talking about a soldier's pledge. I'm not sure about you, Anthony, but every time I hear that, I get amped. Absolutely. And I'm really excited about today where two friends have come to talk about Liberty Matters. And that is the name of this podcast, Liberty Matters, where two friends have decided as we live out this great experiment, one of the greatest experiments in human history, in our opinion. Where we feel like today, with all the different cultural topics tugging at the fabric of this nation, where we get a chance to come together as friends and just share our hearts, share our thoughts, and maybe educate you a little bit on liberty. Is it being infringed upon? How's this great experiment going? Survey the landscape in today's America, whether it's a freedom to express yourself on one of the various social media platforms, standing at a podium and telling your elected school board members you disagree with a specific policy or curriculum being taught in your child's classroom, a desire to travel freely throughout the nation without a face mask, carrying a firearm to protect yourself, or kneeling to pray at a sporting event. We can all attest we are experiencing an infringement on our basic constitutional rights and liberties. We do see our freedoms being lessened while our government has morphed into an uncontrollable monster where the political elitists do as they please and damned be the people. We chose to start this podcast because we feel people should be talking about liberty, our freedoms, our basic rights, and what is happening within our political system on every level, from the schoolhouse, statehouse, and all the way to our nation's capital. We want to create a positive space for people to learn and engage others who feel as if America is marching in the wrong direction. How does the average American citizen address it? How do we get involved? Is there anything we can do? There is a way, and we want to develop a community that informs you how to be involved. Most importantly, we believe this show will provide encouragement. The United States has faced numerous threats, both internal and external, over the past few centuries. Yet this nation always pulls through. We pull through because so many of our people, like you, throughout the past few centuries, believed what this nation stands for, what we value as a people, a people who continues to organize and fight for freedom and the greatest experiment. President Reagan once proclaimed, above all, we must realize that no arsenal or weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have, Friends, this is the why behind this podcast, Liberty Matters. My name is John Pendergrass, and I'm one of the co-hosts of Liberty Matters with my friend Anthony, who will introduce himself in just a minute. Born and raised in one of the, I believe, greatest states in our republic, Texas, a North Texas native who grew up in a small suburb of Fort Worth called Richland Hills. My parents owned a bakery. I don't know if you knew that, Anthony. My parents owned a bakery. Yeah, but they worked hard. Yeah, they worked very hard. We were not what you would consider well off, but we lived a decent life off their hard work. 
<clears throat> I was educated at Texas Tech University. Um, I was educated in the public school system. I'm a graduate of Texas Tech University where I, learned, where I earned my bachelor's in business management. I also learned to love the people and the culture of West Texas. I experienced God in a phenomenal ways there. I earned my MBA from Dallas Baptist University in Dallas, Texas. I started a few nonprofits along the way, and I'm currently uh, the director in higher education for a university here in Dallas. I'm married to my wife and best friend, Courtney, and a dad to a one-year-old son named Worth. Anthony, we have been friends for a few years now. I knew the minute we met that you would be a guy I'd run with for a while. We spent several hours at a Texas Rangers baseball game talking politics for three hours. I appreciate your love for family and your faith, yeah. but your passion for freedom. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everyone. I'm the other co-host here, Anthony Kakaro. Uh Pleasure to be here. Uh, John, I'm super excited. We've been had this one a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, since that day sitting at that Texas Rangers game, it's been uh, through our mutual friend. It was always, he's like, look, you guys talk about this stuff a lot. You're invested in a lot of this. We spend our time being active in the pursuit in, in politics, in around the sphere, in this world. And he's like, you guys need to talk. And I think or it was more because- You take that away from me and you uh, guys yeah, have that conversation. I think that was more, <laughs> more like that was it. probably more of it where he's like, you guys keep coming to me with this. I need to pull myself aside and I think you guys are about to be good friends. So definitely. Um, so a little bit, yeah, a little bit by myself. I was um, in Texas now. I finally got to the greatest state in the union, um, born and raised in New York. Oh, and yeah. I grew up the polar opposite in New York where it was, look, I honestly, I grew up very Democrat. I grew up the complete opposite direction of where I am today. Uh, but it was more of what I grew up around was I had no idea because it was more of my family was that way. And you just, I just thought that is what it is. And until I got older and started studying, learning and everything else for myself, that changed everything. And that truly changed when I, right out of high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps. Uh, Hoorah, is that what you guys say? Hoorah. We do. <laughs> the Marines, the Marines all just checked out. I was like, eh, yeah, no, it's, that's our always, it's that or Semper Fi. All right. It's um, everything. So I did two tours in 06, 07. I was in Iraq in Ramadi and Fallujah. And primarily like 95% of our whole tour there was all in Ramadi. And then in 2009, it was in the Southern Helen province, of Afghanistan. So I was in 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines, the uh, America's Battalion. And so I'll say it's probably one of the greatest battalions in the uh, United States Marine Corps, in my heavily biased opinion. Hey, and we all have biases. <laughs> always. So I'll say after – so after the, I was in the Marine Corps, got out of the Marine Corps after four years because I really wanted to go to school. Um, I went out – I went – Came out to Texas for a few years, got my really basically need to find somewhere. You know, New York wasn't exactly somewhere to afford to live when you first get out of the Marine Corps and to get your feet under you. And that took me out to Texas and fell in love with out here the moment I got out here. Um, and I went back, honestly, for a few years because I went back to school, did my, I got my undergrad, everything went over at Pace University in Manhattan in New York. And I went back there, but I knew at some point, look, I was going back to, it was if I'm going anywhere, it's going to be long term to be back in Texas. Um, after I did my undergrad, I worked for a few years at the United U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, 
and building my path towards a law school law degree. However, I truly felt my calling was leading more towards business, leadership, management, and that whole direction. So I kind of brought myself right back over to Texas and got my MBA over at TCU. And now I work over in a large financial services and asset management firm. And it's and I married uh, my beautiful wife, uh, Jen, and we have a son who is 19 months old now and another one on the way. So it was one of these things, John. Yeah, even, even as we've been a long time planning on this, you and I both, we've had our children born and it's been, we've been, our friendship has been growing throughout the, uh, one of the biggest tests of coming into fatherhood. That's right. <laughs> and we endured the, the pandemic. First few <laughs> yeah. years of marriage. Absolutely. So many things being thrown our way. So many yeah. new experiences during the most difficult times. Yeah. Trying absolutely. to get this podcast lifted up. So yeah, and off absolutely. The yeah. So now we're finally here. So I think with that, I think let me, I'm going to jump in and give us like a little bit our vision where we're taking this yeah, podcast. Why don't you do that? Let's help the listeners understand what we're yeah. trying to achieve. So yeah, absolutely. It was like, this has been something for as you and I have talked about for a long time. Uh, the Republicans and conservatives have for a long time had the winning message, but we've had poor messengers. At the end of the day, freedom sells, liberty sells. It's something that since in the fabric of our nation has always been a guiding ethos that people can grasp onto and want to be a part of, but we have poor messengers. So what does that mean? In like in short, um, what I'm basically saying is we have a history of big donors throughout the Republican Party that honestly they come from by and large a lot more of a commodity type background of industry. Um, so marketing wise, the ethos has, it's people have not had to really focus on try to how to pull customers in, sell a new product. It's been something that you need. Uh, this is a good in service and everyday item of your life. So it it's a little bit of different of a mindset. Now the Democrats on the other hand ha have left more coming from a background of a technology background, we'll say in a big portion, right? So where they're used to selling you a new product or service, something to improve your life. And it's a different, it's a messaging it, and it's ingrained in how they think, how they process. And they also have other areas. When you look at like corrupt mega donors from George Soros to Michael Bloomberg or, or the Steyers, um, who come from various other backgrounds of business as well. And their whole focus is on you drive revenue is directly correlated to their, uh, really comes from their success in marketing to get their message out. And that has been something that the Republican Party has been abysmal at for decades. And I'll say like a brief example of how this kind of plays out is where we constantly see the in politics, their Democrat Party plays this word euphemism game. And I'll give an example of that in like critical race theory. Once it started catching fire and people started coming on and learning at, at its core what it was and what people what was being forced into schools that they quickly start changing the language and they start calling it, well, it's not critical race theory. Then you start seeing all the curriculums being written as social emotional learning. And once it's that little idea, and then once you point it out, they'll quickly then change the thing saying, oh, well, now it's a, oh, bringing in this up, you caught it. Oh, it's conspiracy. Everything's conspiracy, right? But then, John, I mean, you and I both seen this. 
uh, we're kind of running out of conspiracies because give it a month and they've proven everything right. You're absolutely right. And you know, uh, so what I'm hearing you say, Anthony, is is that we as conservatives or the conservative party or the Republican party, which is traditionally conservative, uh, those who may email us will say, I disagree. But for the most part, uh, yeah. conservatives have not done a great job at marketing themselves. And what you're saying is, is uh, this really goes back to uh, big donors. They they have deep pockets on the conservative side, but they have commodities that we that we need. On the other hand, Democrats Democrats they seem to have the younger uh, yeah. constituents, the parties the party's heart and, and ears, where they are ones who are starting things like Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter, and they yeah. just have the ability to cast a wider net, and their messaging is just on point. And it seems that although conservatives and Republicans have the winning message. Democrats just own it when it comes to the messenger. Is that, yeah. is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and if you think of and over the decades and see what that has transpired to, uh, it's kind of like Republicans have been asleep at the wheel and they have had the opportunity to take advantage of something. And they're, and we're getting there like, look, I'll point it very honest right now, we're changing that tide. You're seeing the parallel economy. You're seeing this develop, and that is happening, whether it's from uh, Rumble together to Truth Social. These things are happening, right? But we're years behind that curve, and we're getting there, but it's a slow awakening. Yeah, the free market's going to take time to catch up, but yeah. nonetheless, you're saying that it's there. It's just we're just late to the game. Yeah, and now it's how do we how do we fight back and how do we get back onto this ground to move, to push back and save what is the founding from Liberty and save the country to put it right on the back, right on the back track, back on the right track for what yeah. we should be. And I think that the most average American at the time, whenever Facebook, Twitter, all these social media platforms, when they were released, nobody saw it coming that one day they would be so far off balance when it came to our nation's yeah. politics that they would be controlled by leftist or uh, more liberal parties, uh, arms of the party. And so not, I don't believe anybody saw this coming. We didn't see a need for alternate social media outlets. So that's a good point. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I mean, that heck we can get, get a lot deeper into the whole social media impact and that stuff at a later time. Um, so I want to say, yeah, it, just right into like our, again, where we're going with this further is the big portion of this show, like as we're, you, I hope you hear everyone where we're going towards is we're going to continue to speak truth and have on this message on, on various topics, all of which is focused on further understanding that liberty is essential because the cost of freedom is too high and liberty means too much. And to be clear, what liberty is, just to get this out there because liberty and freedom are not the same thing. Uh, freedom is in the state of mind, but liberty itself is the social condition, which comes from the uh, Latin word libertatum, which means it's the civil, civil and political freedom, which is basically the condition of how one is as a free man. And to basically where we have to understand and why this is so essential is because for us to remain a free people, we must have the knowledge, strength, and the virtue to remain a free people. Now, I'll say this from like the position that as a Christian worldview, like Jesus made no apologies for preaching the truth. He didn't gain popularity for preaching against sin. 
And we have to understand our government, everyone's a fa- that's being run by foul men and women, right? Everyone is a, they're all sinners and we can't expect one individual to just be able to save all of it. And there is one person who has, and he's our redeemer. And I mean, but even he, he healed, he healed the sick, fed the poor, raised the dead, and they still nailed him to a cross. So this is our, like our view and why this is such a dire need for this is that this nation is worth saving. This nation is worth fighting for. This nation, we're one of the most benevolent and generous nations in the world. America itself is a force for good. And we're on this podcast, John and I, we're not going to play into this leftist Marxist lie that you repeatedly hear today that America is evil. A good nation is a generally a positive force in the world. And the United States is and has been that place. That's not to say we haven't made mistakes. We are a nation governed by and represented, like I said, by fable men and women. Um, but we have the greatest moral foundation to ever build a nation upon. Our founding was deeply rooted in and developed upon the founding documents all came from biblical values and a Christian worldview. This is why when you hear various things like an earthquake hits a foreign city and the U.S. the U.S. immediately responds. When there's a terrorist attack anywhere in the world, it's the U.S. that everyone turns to to lead the fight. So we, we've spent far more than any other nation on foreign aid. We've donated our time, our money, our servicemen and women bleeding on foreign shores and foreign lands, losing our lives on foreign soil, all to help those in need and to help those have an opportunity for themselves. Uh, to, and it's something that we all go into these countries, even in the military, the Marine Corps, right? We're not going in there in this mindset to take over. We're the only nation that comes and goes into war. We come and we leave. Now, uh, Joe Biden aside, that's a whole different topic, what he does, which we can get into at a later point. But our choice is to help people have an opportunity to choose liberty. It's never our position, nor should it be, to come in and make a decision for someone else as that goes against biblical truths of free will. However, liberty and freedom are hallmarks of a truly of truly loving your neighbor, no matter their religion, no matter their ethnic background. It's in Genesis one twenty seven, tells us that we are all made in God's image, and liberty and freedom are the crossroads of where Christianity and politics meet. Uh, we believe that God. Now we believe God gives us the choice to accept or reject His invitation to salvation, and that is an Honestly, it's a very big concept to truly understand, and it's because it's a great deal of freedom, right? But mostly throughout the New Testament, it's not about political freedom, but freedom in Christ from the bondage of sin. Liberty itself is the highest ideal of man and the direct reflection of his divinity. So I'll start by pushing this to me, and this is something that I believe for a long time that started coming towards on this, is two of the most important things that you can uh, do for yourself and for your life is first, give your it's giving your life to Christ for your salvation. The second is the fight for liberty. Because without the second, you will not have the first. And this is exactly why liberty matters. And as Diedrich, Diedrich Bonhoeffer famously said, is silence in the face of evil is evil in itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So we, John and I, will speak, and we are going to act. 
That's a great word, Anthony. You know, our founding fathers risked everything they had to create a new nation, the United States of America, and that attribute that has come to be known as American exceptionalism. Had the American Revolution failed, each of them would have faced execution, the loss of their property, which would have been condemned, which would ultimately condemn their wives and children to a life of poverty. It was a remarkable gamble because most of the founding fathers were already wealthy, successful in their own right. They didn't rebel against England for personal enrichment. They rebelled because they truly believed that the loss of freedom was worse than death itself. They understood a people, a nation, would thrive and prosper if it established government provided unfettered freedoms and liberties to its people. There are numerous exchanges and powerful thoughts on freedom that have been spoken and recorded throughout human history from various world leaders and philosophers. But I believe, and I know, Anthony, you do, that the words spoken on freedom for our nation's founding fathers are infinitely more powerful because they succeeded in removing the shackles of tyranny. And all along the way, Liberty's Lantern was their guiding light. As we come together as friends, Anthony, to engage our listeners, we understand we are exercising one of our most basic of American rights, the freedom of free speech, the freedom of speech. And considering our podcast is called Liberty Matters, I felt, Anthony and I took the liberty, that I would share with our listeners some of our founding fathers' thoughts on liberty, and then I will define it for us. So it's clear. George Washington. We all know George Washington. We should know George Washington. We do have smart listeners. Our nation's first president said, the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the Republican model of government are justly considered as deeply, perhaps as finely staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. You know, you'll often hear me refer to it as the great experiment, and that's what I use in my opening uh, monologue. I find it interesting that George Washington described liberty as a sacred fire. He understood that like any fire, it can be extinguished and most assuredly without the sacrifice or efforts it took to preserve it. We, the American people, have been entrusted to this great experiment, and George Washington knew that. John Adams, one of our nation's founding fathers, First vice president under George Washington, not sure if everybody knew that, and second president of the United States once said, you will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. He also said, liberty cannot be preserved without general knowledge among the people. And that, again, is another reason why we, just two average men, have decided to help grow in knowledge, to help friends and family co-workers understand and have a general knowledge of the freedoms that have been entrusted to us and how quickly they can be extinguished. So what's our definition of liberty before we close out this session? A simple definition of the word liberty is the state of condition of people who are able to act and speak freely. It includes freedom from restraint or control from almost anything other than illegal or harmful activities. Anthony, in closing, I just hope that those who have spent the last 20 minutes or so with us today uh, would continue to join us as we embark on this incredible journey. Uh, We're going to look into things on a local level here in North Texas. Uh, If somebody were to listen from far away, we are going to touch on both state and federal issues that really point to freedoms that we feel that perhaps we're losing, these uh, rights that we have been given that are being infringed upon, and we're going to talk about liberty. We'll also 
not just be uh, biased towards one political party. Uh, I know that most of the listeners can tell that, or if they haven't noticed that we are conservatives in nature, but that doesn't mean that conservatives always get it right. That we do understand that uh, both on the left and right, uh, power is a is a, a interesting thing. It makes men and women do terrible things at times. So unchecked power uh, can be checked by its constituents. And as we continue to host the show, uh, we will be fair and point out things that we think should be improved or the proper course of action that we believe should be taken. And so we want you, the listener, to join us. Anthony, anything in closing you'd like to add? So, yeah, there's definitely one piece I want to make kind of the clear of how we want to also go about this um, as we're fully closing this out. There is there's a ton of, I'll say, problems that we're seeing going on in the world. Um, been going, It's been going awry, right? So if we're going to, I want to lay out some a little bit real quick before we could fully close out and basically kind of the solution state of the future, like little things that we should be thinking about, even the whole thing, like the GOP should be thinking about things they could focus on. And that's stuff in the future on the, that we will drive deeper into. Um, and, and to start like this, as John has said, we're, him and I are both conservatives and our assessment is going to assess things from what's going on in the world from a conservative worldview lens and as well as a Christian lens. Um, and what we're seeing today, whether anyone wants to be how they want to look at it, the Democrats, where they are today, and there are very much a core Republicans that have been a part of this as well that have had a plan that has been long since been kind of in motion to start eliminating liberty at its core. And I'll just, it, they've had this idea of this like moral imperialism, like how that they, they can believe and push these things onto you. And I'll just want to throw it out there. Like the, the, it was defined, taking it right from the words of the left and themselves in their global, uh, their encyclopedia of encyclopedia of global justice. It was Ryan Jenkins that said moral imperialism is the imposition of a set of moral values onto a culture that does not share those values, even through force or through cultural criticism. Like John, is there anything in that definition? Just it it basically surmises everything you see them doing today. It's through force and cultural criticism of America. Yeah, that is the most common thing that I've seen and, and recognized, and uh, it seems to be their. Uh, seems to be their go-to strategy. I, I do not disagree with any of that. Yeah. And I mean, even if we just try like, just even just take a look at, look, some of the things that are going on, like John, are any of these things that you've seen happen where it's, if we went down a roadmap of what you would do to just eliminate Liberty, it's like, we've started off from sowing racial discord. We've now seen them debasing the currency through inflation Hold on real quick about uh, going back to the sowing of, of racial discord. Yes. That's easy just to say, but yes. I think for those of us Americans who um, have a love for all people, uh, we're suddenly, it just seems like out of left field that there is just this sudden hyper-focus on our differences. And that is the most yeah. un-American thing that I have ever experienced in my short lifetime is that how we are trying so hard, or there is a specific group of people that are trying so hard uh, to show our differences versus how yeah. we're so much more alike. 
And there is, yeah. mo- there is more that I would say we are like than different. And that's what we should be focused on. But that's what you're talking about. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, that's her, it'll just leave me like, so in the next point, I can just think of right, right off the bat that our differences in this idea of identity politics that has been, which is self cannibalizing in itself, which you've seen them eating people. If unless you walk the right line, they're going to, they cancel these themselves. Um, but we've seen this idea of destroying masculinity, it trying to eliminate things and the plan of leadership and guidance in every corner of society right now, which gets into further trying to divide. Um, they've been throughout COVID. We saw this, that you see them trying to destroy our intellectual capital, which is our next generation of our youth, the education, the process. And we've all seen this from the remote learning and how it's been destroying that upbringing of our children and the NEA and the AFT unions have been fully encompassed and controlling of this curriculum in the public school system for decades now. And they've even been out there saying things that their children should be get, belong to the government and parents shouldn't have a say in school. And we're going to dig into all these things. Um, I mean, we've even seen that, look, cancel culture, that's everywhere. They, we've even given a lot of our technological advancement that would have been in Silicon Valley in California. You're seeing it go everywhere else in the world now. And we've seen America being bankrupted from the inside out. I mean, just look at, we're trying to promote national bankruptcy, even from Joe Biden's $6 trillion budget and all the endless spending that we've seen one after another after another. And it goes right back to my second point about debasing our inflation, currency, it driving inflation. Um, we've seen in the curriculum, which has been hurting through our America's intellectual capital and our children, they've created a generation in schools, how they've rewritten history to hate America. And I mean, there was even a new survey that was recently that came out. that was like 30% of kids don't even think America's worth defending because they're not being taught what America is, the true history, what to be thankful for. And if you're not taught like a Christian, one of a, a big Christian um, biblical truth is being taught gratitude. We're not teaching gratitude. If you don't know what to be thankful for and you don't have, it's a lot easier to tear it down. Um, and, and then we've seen this other part, right? Like all throughout the country has been endless lawlessness. There's been increasing crime. I mean, we've seen from the 2020 riots all the way to justice Kavanaugh just last week, they're the attempted assassination all because people are, you can't handle that a decision or something you don't like is going your way. And if it's the Supreme court, that's been for the past 60 some odd years, it's been a very left leaning court. And the one time it finally shifts against the direction you want, you want to burn this country down. Um, and then the last, and another last piece I put is like on open borders, right? It's all of these have the same intention that have been like, it's that moral imperialism. They're pushing to change the society of America. And for starters, the overall theme stems from this idea that truly it's lacking an actual care for humanity as it's blatantly, it's obvious that it's, it kind of comes from your, it's your worldview and how you're going to fuse things. Like from a Christian, you believe in the fallen nature of a man. Now people that are, other belief they don't believe that so they believe in whatever their this idea of it's my truth you're your own god there are no objective truths just whatever you feel and the idea that the government stepped into this is saying like yeah the government will be your solution the government is their what they're trying to place in a lot of these areas to be a god they're like a god um now i say this 
because it's this overarching theme. Honestly, really, it leads to power and control, which is rooted in the totalitarianism with fascist tendencies. And we see this, even these groups, right? The same individuals that are saying they're anti-fascist and Antifa that are getting into these riots, they're claiming to be against fascism, but they don't even realize their own actions are exactly fascistic from burning down cities. It, if you don't like a system, you're not going to try You're going to burn it down. That's a fascist move. Um, now, just to, I mean, and then you even see just to truly drive this point home, whether you know, John, what, have, what else we have? We've also seen the Democrat Party purposely pushing to defund the police, trying to eliminate the Second Amendment. So you want to no police, but also people can't defend themselves. Um, there's, I mean, that's a recipe which goes back to our lawlessness problem. Right. Right. So ultimately, what we're saying is, is that some of these topics that there is a destabilization that's taking place right now uh, in our country. I talked in our opening monologue of how there is multiple cultural issues that are tugging at the fabric of our nation. And Anthony just went through a list of potential topics that we need to address or need to have conversation or conversations that need to be had. And, and these are pressing these are impacting each of us, uh, impacting us all the way to our personal finances. The yeah. decisions that uh, the left is made, these are elected representatives who represent us at the highest level. Uh, their, their policies uh, have implications, and that is what you're yeah. saying. But how this is funneling its way all the way down to some of the most basic core institutions that have carried this nation for generations from our education system, even policies that are impacting our local uh, houses of worship and faith, whatever faith you may be, for those of us oh, who yeah. are Christians experienced on a personal level, uh, just the liberties that we felt that uh, were infringed upon in a, in a powerful way during the COVID. Um, yeah. These are things that will impact each and every single one of you, and it is our intention to address them, to have conversation. And to look at it um, as we'll try to be as unbiased as we can. However, uh, I am unashamedly, and, and Anthony, you, we will both be unashamedly uh, yeah, conservative uh, through our because it is our worldview, and everybody, regardless yeah, of what side of the, the aisle key. you stand on, is claim, has a worldview. Yeah, they claim this idea. It's if as you believe it or not, you have a worldview, and that that's a very a consistent piece. And honestly, the path, like going down that path, whether it's, I mean, like it's the, the part where you're getting to the point for protecting pedophilia, like trying to rename yeah. things for, well, se sexually attracted, mi minor attracted adults, whatever the heck they want to call it, it's disgusting. And then you get into right. the part There's of always like, this new, new branding that you were talking yeah, about. And that's, ago. that goes right it's back to that messaging, sly. right? They, exactly. Yeah. It's that sly move of flipping the name, flipping the wording of it, and then hope America's not paying attention. Well, guess what? We're paying attention and people are waking right. up. And we honestly, are. this puts into, it's it's financially unstable. It's all these things will collapse the economy. And we're witnessing this through inflation. We're witnessing this through gas prices. Um, so all these things, it's just this ongoing collapse, this focus of what they can do because it is this idea of taking more power to them. And at its core, like we were talking these worldviews, it it's stems from this complete opposing worldviews. That's the position we're in right now. This isn't an idea of if you're whether you're right or left. This is for this is liberty versus tyranny. 
this is not a right or left thing anymore. This is whether you either want to be a free people or an enslaved populace. And at it, because at its core, and I'll say this from like a Christian worldview, John, uh, like, look, Christ flipped this on his head when he pointed this out. Like the whole worldview, it was God is the focus, right? It goes God down to you. And then where you have the position over the political leaders, the kings and all that time, right? And that's exactly how our representative republic of the United States of America is. It's brought down in that exact direction from God to the people to the political leaders. Now, the broken worldview on the other side of all this is how they flip it on its head. And they try and do this in really, uh, it's the exact opposite of Christ's kingdom, right? It's God's eliminated, government's put in its place, and it's government are operating as the kings, well, basically just tell you what to do. And it's no longer Republican and Democrat. It's liberty versus tyranny. And like that's the main key of where this is coming to. So honestly, look, I'll say this. Look, what's what's the GOP's response? What is the current state for their future and the things they should be focusing on, the winning message that comes back to this? What's the winning message? And the message has always been liberty and freedom. The, if they're standing for life, standing for religious freedom, economic freedom, family creation, free speech, election integrity. Well, I don't care if you're on the left or the right. You should want your vote to count and illegally because that's one of the most honored and sacred rights as a, as a United States citizen. Uh, they should stand for big tech censorship, standing against cancel culture because I might not like your opinion, but you still have it. You have a right to say it. And I knew that in the Marine Corps. I might not like what someone believes or what they say or what they think, but I've had people spit in my face. I've had been called all kinds of names and I still defend them and I'll still protect them because they have that right in this country. In other nations, you, they don't have those rights. Um, they should pr- the next piece would be protecting the Second Amendment. We should have strong borders. We understand, legalize the, our immigration process as a very controlled and functional uh, controlled process because without that, we've kind of seen where we're heading. Uh, be strong in the focus on small business, entrepreneurship, pro-school choice, which was just a big win that uh, the main case out of the Supreme Court. Um, honestly, education mobility, which goes back to the school choice, whether we're doing this in pods or we're doing this in, uh, homeschooling or we're just doing it in private schools and understanding parents are seeing what's in the curriculum. And all last, all y'all say is the last closing message and these piece of what the GOP should be focusing on is pushing it back against the woke culture. The woke industrial complex within corporate America is in a Public-private partnership, when you hear those words, public-private partnership, that's exactly when the government's trying to pass over to basically get people bought in and just think, because, well, it's a, oh, the business is a company that I like, like Apple or so-and-so, whoever is telling me something and I like their product, I'm just going to buy it because they're telling, buy into this because they're telling me to do so. But what you don't see is that's coming from the hand, but the, the invisible hand behind them is the government. It's not invisible. So I'll say... That that John, I'll leave us with that. It's just the directional piece. Like, look, going forward, there's some of those pieces where we aim to focus and drill into is that focus. What's the future? What are the solutions? And how do we drive that better messaging? Excellent points, Anthony. And I want to thank our listeners for remaining with us for this past 40 minutes. Uh, we hope to uh, have a show for you that lasts between 30 and 40 minutes. 
We do, in closing, hope that you tune back in with us for Liberty Matters. Uh, This is John Pendergrass. Anthony, thank you for leading us today in our discussion. And that concludes our time together today. Yeah. So, and one last piece, John, I'm going to curveball on this. To conclude our time officially, I want to make, in honor of our first episode, we want to leave you with a pledge. That's right. That... See, I told you, well, I told you at one point this was coming, but I'm bringing it in. So Bring it on in. Because we, we are Americans. And one of Ronald Reagan's, we started with it, and I want to finish it with the full clip. Again, we ain't, we're not going to do this every podcast, um, but it's a three-minute clip, and no one has said it better than Ronald Reagan in his inaugural address. So the portion that's been clipped out was, was known as the Soldier's Pledge. So, and the best thing that he ends with is the, the best last three lines is, we are Americans. So thank you, everybody. And uh, I'm Anthony Caccaro with John Pendergrass. Thank you guys for all for joining us. We hope you come back. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. 
Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans.